I don't want to adult today. Adulting is hard. I'm going to go back to bed. I'm going to spend the day smoking weed and gaming because I deserve it. T-shirts about how it's wine o'clock. Bath bomb selfies and Hallmark-esque platitudes about self-care. When what's happening is just giving up. And which of us hasn't heard these sentiments? I imagine it's very few. I'm at Law Priestess, and I'm here to preach at you today about adulting versus adulthood. Because the real question is, what is the natural progression of a society, of a people, where this is not only accepted, but encouraged and promoted behavior amongst adults? When we cease to regard adulthood as a mantle to be claimed and earned and honored by, as a chance to grow and evolve, we don't actually stop being adults. That's not an option. What does happen is we stop being the kind of adult the world needs, that there's an act of lacking of, a deficit of, and this is a needless deficit. And again, we don't and can't revert to childhood. We can't become children by whining and hiding. What we can do is rob ourselves and those in our lives and by extension, the world, (laughs) if I'm going to throw that out, uh, of the kind of adult that we are running dangerously low on. We rob people, including ourselves, of strength and reassurance of something to not just help keep all this together, but to become greater. If we view adulthood as a problem, an insult, an affliction, tell me, what is the alternative? What is the other option? Because we all know there's no becoming a kid again. The only way to actually opt out is by opting out of life. So unless our plan is suicide, which in a sense it kind of seems like it is, we all need to take a ruthlessly good look at this and reevaluate. So just to bring it a little closer, I want to share a, a story related to this topic from a friend of mine who I cherish, a genuinely brilliant, kind, and hardworking person who's grown tremendously and makes it a point to grow and evolve continuously all the time. I'm not going to name him, uh, but he gave me this just repugnant story about his roommates that reminded me so much of experiences that I've had countless times of what I've seen and what, you know, friends of mine in this country (laughs) have also experienced. And I say in this country because he lives on literally another continent, which highlights that This is not some kind of regional problem. This isn't based on specific age or any other kind of demographic. This is a problem that we're facing as a people, and we need to address it as such. So just to add in for the sake of the story, my friend here is kind of just human sunshine. He's sweet. He's smart. He works out. He reads, shows up for his people and actually cares about them. And he is sharing a living space, as young people tend to with people who just seem to radiate the exact opposite of what he's about and how he shows up in the world. And I can't help but think of as above, so below, and I think you'll see why. Whereas he tries to keep some kind of general order and productivity and forward momentum by keeping things clean and open, these people just radiate stagnation and decay, like swamp energy. And I think we have all seen this. We've all seen this kind of person. We've all seen this energy like dirty dishes just constantly piling up every day of the week, smoking inside the house, rank bathrooms, like some kind of reverse King Midas where everything they touch is just filth. Uh, That's what's going on 
with my friend and uh, his roommate specifically. They're turning this house into a dump because their inner house, their minds, already are dumps. And this is the problem. This is related. And whereas my friend spends his time outdoors, working out, teaching, doing his thing, the roommate with the most swamp energy, if you would, a sorry excuse of an Irishman, spends his time when he's not accumulating filth, actually making fun of my friend uh, for going to the gym and toxic bro culture, uh, which I I can dissect another time, talking as if there's something pathological about not wanting to live in a sewer physically and mentally. And this is actually something that I've encountered with people on my own, like something I recognize about people who are operating from this place. They talk to you like you're some kind of control freak, like you have some kind of mental problem for literally for literally trying to just clean your house sometimes, for taking care of your body, for actually making time to achieve goals and live a productive life. So for literally cleaning house within and without. They try to pathologize you for this because you existing uh, makes them feel ashamed, I'm sure, or makes them feel like they should change, which newsflash, you probably should. This whole mindset is poison. So it's not surprising that he tells me this guy... Uh, also whines about not wanting to work, wishing life was easier, how dating apps aren't fulfilling. Like, gee, I really wonder why, my man. I really wonder why. So again, we come back to this theme of evasion and abdication and avoidance of treating adulthood like it's the plague, some kind of affliction. So really think about it. I mean, how many of you have seen behavior like this? Maybe not always as extreme, it's definitely on a spectrum, but I think a lot of us have seen it and do see it in varying degrees. And a lot of us make the mistake, I certainly have in the past, of dignifying it, of dignifying it with with a response, for one, with an explanation of why we don't want to live in the sewers. Like, oh, I, it's not that I think I'm better than you, I'm just doing my own thing, no, don't, eh, 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 like, it's this apologetic tripping all over yourself to try and avoid making the other person feel bad. And mind you, there's no reason to be cruel. Like sometimes this happens because people are depressed. There's no reason to be malicious about it, but don't apologize and don't act like there is something wrong with you. Because when you dignify this with some apologetic falling all over yourself response, you are feeding and enabling their narrative, like their weird sense of normal that is not normal. And that is, that is a problem. So the truth is that there is no explanation necessary, not from you. They're not entitled to that. And there's no explanation that will change their minds until they are sick of this themselves. Action is the great explanation. Another reason why it's not necessary to be malicious or to go out of your way to be unkind to anyone. Actions always speak louder than words deeds, not words. We all know this. How you live your life is the greatest response. But to make it very clear, I really do refuse to respond on someone else's terms when I fundamentally agree with their foundation, because when you do that, you are feeding it. So none of that. This whole situation, I I think you probably picked up on this pretty easily, is what I meant by as above, so below, as within, so without. All of this truly is a spiritual issue. Uh, It's not hard to make that connection. This is the natural extension of what happens when we tolerate and validate and enable this sort of whining attitude 
of adulthood as an imposition. This is, <laughs> this is what becomes normal when too many of us enable this. That is what's happening. Part of the problem is one that has been discussed for at least decades now and certainly by more uh, articulate, <laughs> articulate and uh, accomplished people than myself, um, specifically talking about uh, Robert Moore, whose work I love. Um, but basically that as we're becoming even more deeply entrenched in the sort of technological overwhelm of modern life, for lack of better phrasing, and we have no meaningful markers from childhood to adulthood. There are no meaningful conscious points of initiation for adults, or at least they've been drastically diminished and require not so much reconstruction in the LARPer sense of trying to act like it's another eon, but actual recreation. This is my most consistent message, honestly. The importance of initiation, the lack thereof, and this is one of the consequences of that lack. This extended adolescence, this denial of responsibility, being touted and preached as self-care, as self-love. It's self-destruction, and it is leading us to emotional and physical suicide, which is why I was pointing out, uh, you know, that's what we're already doing. Like, even if you aren't actually killing yourself, this is suicide in a larger sense. And even in a physical sense, this generation is is at a higher rate than any before it. So there's so much to grapple with here. And, you know, I get that. I'm 24. I hate all this too. I'm not, a, you know, like this is not what I would prefer to be doing. Um, <clears throat> but if I really, it's one thing to struggle with, sorry to sound edgy or whatever it is. It's one thing to struggle with modern life. I struggle with it is what I'm trying to say. But what I have a an actual contempt and hatred for, and I am not using the wrong word here, is the concept and the, the message behind the Nat Ministry. I don't know if you guys have seen this account. I don't care that I'm naming them. Uh, I, I don't always believe that naming something is the wrong thing to do. <clears throat> I hate their message probably more than anyone else's like in the public sphere, maybe next to Joel Osteen. I hate it because it weaponizes the overwhelm of the modern world. And it sucks because like I've been saying, in the in their premise, they are right, at least part, in that part. Their assessment that their diagnosis that the way we're living now is not how we're built to live, that it's overwhelming, that these thousands of news sources and YouTube channels and podcasts and accounts all covering any possible ideology and every possible tragedy and injustice happening all over the world, far beyond our actual ability to change. Like that, that is insane. We feel this need, like we have to stand up for everyone everywhere, even when we can't do anything. While we're living in these congested cities packed like sardines in a can, when we can barely get our own cities together, to get dazed and disoriented in front of screens, we're not getting paid enough, the economy is awful, we're, fading, we're facing some of the weirdest health, health issues that I've been aware of in my cursory scan of history. <laughs> so I could go on and on. We all get it. Their assessment is understandable. If you take a look at their account, you, you'll get what, what they're reacting to. But their prognosis, their response is just insidious. It is sinister to the point where, to me, it is indistinguishable from malice. Even if it's not, like, it it doesn't actually matter to me whether they mean good or ill by it. 
Because their advice is what? To just stay in your... It's literally to stay in bed, just sleep whenever you want, and not only just literally take a nap, but napping is a revolutionary act. That you are committing some kind of holy miracle by laying down to rest, by being a passenger in your own life. Like, take this to the logical conclusion. And they literally say this, that just being alive is an admirable miracle. That's basically saying, let someone else make the decisions, achieve nothing with yourself. Like, what is this? This is the kind of advice I might give to my absolute worst enemy. Uh, For one, if they were dumb enough to fall for it. And for two, if I truly wanted them out of the picture. If I wanted them to just give up and become a husk of a human being who is capable of nothing but just consuming media, consuming products, living stoned on their couch, that's what I would tell them. And like, we talk about prison, we're afraid of going to prison, imprisonment, whatever. Like, we do it to ourselves. Like, this is not life. This is not living. And what they are preaching as self-care again is suicidal it is self-destructive and I could go on about this for quite some time I like I have struggled with clinical depression for years personally and being told to just stay in bed that is how you kill someone like that is how you take away the will to live so even if someone doesn't have like clinical depression and like actual clinical issues like that this is horrible we need to snap out of it uh it is not a holy act to do absolutely nothing you are stealing from yourself when you do that so just squandering your potential letting someone else take over it is absolutely hard times to live in but that kind of attitude this just go to sleep and let someone else drive the car this is what leads to decay This is why you're seeing stagnation on a mass scale where it feels like there are just no adults left to drive the car. And the ones that are left, like, please just think about that for a second. If we all decide that we just, we all deserve to rest, like, we all just deserve to do nothing. The people who decide to stay awake, hypothetically, like, let's just extend the metaphor. It's not the metaphor I would choose. Um, How do you know you can trust them? Why are they staying awake? Where are they driving us? Like, we need to actually, again, ruthlessly evaluate what is going on here. Because do any of us really believe that we can just let our responsibilities go and nothing, you know, will happen? Uh, There's so many levels that I could pick at that. Like, I don't know if any of you have been poor before, but (laughs) when you have to pay your own bills, that's not an option. Like, if we're going to talk about privilege, that's from a crazy place of privilege. Whatever. I... This can be taken so many which ways. I'm going to try and stay focused on the actual theme of adulthood and integration being super important here. Um, But there is no abdication. There is no Uh, (laughs) opt-out. So again, this only reinforces the need for this in the world of an adult who can cultivate and carry structure inside them where they go. Because that is what we need. That's That's what you want when you're like, oh, I wish I had a... A sugar daddy or someone to take care of me I mean that's that's robbing you of your own individuality of your journey as a person the experience it takes to build you you just don't get built so this is what I think about when I see the complaints around adulting I see people who would rob not only themselves but others <laughs> 
of exactly what we need, of what we can and should be. So every time that we hear this word, I really want it to just be reassessed and, you know, see what we are feeding with our actions, with our frames, uh, with our narratives, whatever, you know, however you want to put this. So I'm just going to end this on a, on a slightly (laughs) nerdy note, I suppose. Uh, some of you who follow me probably already noticed this. I've been a huge Tolkien fan basically my whole life, uh, since I was a kid. And I recently listened to the entire trilogy and The Hobbit on audiobook, which I love. Highly recommend audiobooks, especially if you're driving around a lot. And something, one of the many things that stood out to me was just that when certain members of the of the fellowship would show up, like this is set in a world, it's like apocalyptic archetypal fiction right we it's a literal battle of good and evil waging at all times and it's affecting people differently on different levels so you have people who are constantly just distressed in actual peril constantly distraught but when some members of the fellowship show up tolkien describes them as visibly their face brightened, their essence brightens and lightens up. It it enters their being. They're more at ease. Um, And this is exactly what I'm talking about when I'm saying this is what we're stealing from ourselves and from each other when we talk about adulthood as an affliction. And like in the, in Peter Jackson's uh, film adaptations of the trilogy, which is the only one I will be acknowledging, thank you very much, Amazon, um, Aragorn is uh, portrayed as this very reluctant kind of leader. He sort of steps in for the hobbits because he knows it's right, but he's not walking around flashing his sword in people's face. He's not yelling about being king. Um, In the books, he is not remotely hesitant because he understands that the best way to serve those he loves, those he cares about in the world at large is through the least hesitant version of himself, is through the greatest, most confident, strongest version of himself. Because who can you help by staying home and taking a nap? Not even yourself. That it, like, not even yourself. So, I understand that (laughs) this isn't going to be everyone's favorite comparison, but this, you know, this is the kind of adult that we don't have anywhere near enough of this is what we should strive to be. So whether (laughs) the Lord of the Rings is what inspires you, whether mythology is what inspires you, it doesn't have to be the same thing as for me, but just think about it. Think about what we are losing by not engaging with these ideas. So I've been preaching at you long enough, been sermonizing for a minute. Um, You can go put your phone down. Uh, I strongly recommend just getting outside getting some sun and going to do some magic thank you for listening to this uh maybe i will get less ranty maybe not uh in any case much love